Ignorance is the official language of Washington, D.C. I'm here to challenge you to a match. When it comes to standing up for the American people, I am ready to rumble. I think that we may need a wrestler in the White House. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Great American Bash. My name is Brandon Weatherby. My name is Chris Kelly. It is Saturday, April 4th, 2020 at 10.06 p.m. on the East Coast. And night one of WrestleMania 36 is in the books. Chris, what did you think of a WrestleMania that's too big for one night? I thought it was exactly three hours long. That's Uh, true. (laughs) I mean, it's it's amazing what you can do when you pre-record all the predetermined matches and edit them and change the voiceover and uh, and then go to a boneyard, yeah, which we'll get to. But um, Jesus yeah, Christ. I was uh, pleasantly surprised by some of it, mostly just the last half hour. Um, and I, it was, it's it's very strange uh, to have t- people people fighting for no audience, but making all the noises. And uh, did did you get the ASMR, especially during the ladder match? Did you get the ASMR feeling? It's just like guys grunting and ladders clanging, and it's just like if you just took out the commentary and just had that's a good one. I didn't, I didn't connect those the ASMR dots to uh, arena uh, with no NV arena wrestling, but you're absolutely correct. Yeah, I I could right. see why you're saying that, but no, I didn't I didn't connect it. That was a great match. Uh, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I think you and I are going to have very different opinions on what worked and what yeah. didn't. During night one of WrestleMania, did you 36. did you enjoy did you enjoy night one? And will you be watching night two? Oh, for sure. I guess on yeah. both. What about you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, enjoy is you know what is enjoyment anymore? But uh, <laughs> I'll be watching night two. Yeah, it was it was enough. There was enough there that I, I see what they're doing. So even the back. the probably the worst match of the night wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, they were all perfectly cromulent uh, matches and. Yeah, we can just get we can get right to the card. I didn't watch the pre-show because three hours is plenty. So Six I tuned in around when my kid was going to sleep, trying to go to sleep at like six forty-five, just to start the stream to make sure everything mm-hmm. was okay. And it, <laughs> the pre-show featured Corey Graves and Peter Rosen, Rosenthal. Is that right? Berg, Bergenberg, Jesus Christ, Peter Rosenberg. Um, in tuxedos in a nondescript studio and then they would not throw, six feet apart and in front of a green screen and then they would throw to renee young booker t and mark henry who were all in their respective homes and renee young like was booker t booker t at least had the decency to like unless he did a zoom background he had like a rest like a cityscape towel yeah, 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 yeah. but Renee he was in a tux like a guest room he was in yeah. a, really quick he was in a tux but He's the quality was like an iPad version one. <laughs> and Renee had like, I don't know, a camera, like a good camera. And Mark Henry was just like on his computers, like the built-in camera from the computer yeah. in like a t-shirt. Yeah. I, well, considering they did it commensurate with what they were being paid, which was either their <laughs> salary or nothing. So I fucking know. love Mark Henry. If anything, okay. that's what night one of WrestleMania 36. Mark Henry's great. And I, and I definitely recommend on a tangent, but go find the sports illustrated, uh, feature on Mark Henry from, uh, before he was in the sport of Kings. Um, it's, it's a good read. So but yeah, I was hoping, I don't know if you saw on the, uh, on that other show they do that, that, 
uh, John Moxley uh, popped his head in frame. Yes, on WWE yeah. backstage. Uh, yeah. FS1 not going to do that nights. on Mania. No, I mean, but you know, we could we could dream. But anyway, so you watched, you caught some of the pre-show. I caught some of the pre-show because I was super interested to see how the show would begin. Uh, we've established on yes. the Great American Bash, a, sh- a podcast about presidential politics and professional wrestling, that I, Brandon Weatherby care the least about the actual in-ring action when it comes Mm -hmm. to professional wrestling. So I love the pomp and circumstance and all the bullshit and ephemera around it. So I could not miss the intro. Now, Chris and I, one of my favorite episodes we ever did was previewing WrestleMania 36 if each match was shot by a different director because in theory that could have happened here. It clearly didn't. But I would like to point out that the first four segments of WrestleMania 36 night one did feel remarkably different in a in a very jarring manner now do you know how the show opened yes yeah, so i i saw it but with no sound okay. so i'm not sure if the closed captioning was it some sort of meta approach to the, what they no, were doing that was part three the show okay. actually opens with a direct oh, to camera Steph- stephanie mcmahon yeah. almost reminiscent of when stephanie mcmahon said what her family went through during the steroid trial was on par with 9-11. And here's that clip, my favorite clip of all time. A few years ago, some people tried to destroy my family. They attacked my father's reputation. They attacked my mother's reputation. And they attacked the World Wrestling Federation. They tried to rip us apart, but all they did was make my family stronger. And that's exactly how America feels right now. Because on Tuesday, America was attacked. But America is a united nation. And together, we stand strong. I am incredibly proud to be an American citizen. And I will stand up for my rights and my freedom. Okay, so that happened. That's how the show opened. Not Stephanie McMahon comparing her family's steroid chart on 9-11. But once again, that's why I played that clip so that everyone will remember Stephanie McMahon, days after 9-11, said, hey, we know what this is like. Everyone. Yeah, we've been through our own 9-11 before it was cool. Then um, it was a montage. One quick before the montage. Yes, yes, yes. She basically kind of hand-waved because this is very much, they're very on message more than anything, more than anybody in politics for sure. Um, did she say something like, said like, you know, during what's what, during what's going on, basically, like they didn't, they didn't want to say the pandemic. They didn't say shelter at home. They were like, you know, this the thing. Yeah, they they did the. I think they did the smart thing because this, in theory, will be on the network as long as there's a network. This will be yeah. packaged uh, to buy. I understand not mentioning it, even though it's quite obvious why they're in an empty arena. Yes. Okay. Moving on. Then is the America the beautiful montage which checks off one of Vince McMahon's biggest boxes, which is random celebrities. Now, there can't be random celebrities at this WrestleMania, so what do they do? They pull together a clip package of their favorite, most random celebrities singing America the Beautiful, a song that Vince McMahon prefers to the Star Spangled Banner because it's less depressing. Yes. it's You know, there was... I was watching it. Did you notice anything about, say, the first eight <laughs> singers that were chosen in this montage all of them are african-american yes that would be it um you know vince big fan of mlk jr um that's that's a shoot uh but yeah there was all the you know i mean and that's just the history of wrestlemania he mm-hmm. had uh in the the kind of glory days of it had 
people past their prime uh, do it. Uh, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, twice. Glass Knight, uh, yeah, Little Richard. The, the yeah. Willie Nelson one, not at all past his prime. That's my favorite one because that's the WrestleMania that was supposed to be held at the L.A. Coliseum but mm-hmm. was moved to a much, much smaller basketball arena because they couldn't sell any tickets, and then they blamed that on terrorist threats. They blamed it on Willie? Oh, no, they didn't blame it on Willie. That's good. That, that would have been too much. But also, Willie uh, wore the Intercontinental Championship belt while he sang America the Beautiful, and Macaulay Culkin was Mark. in the front row. Yeah, so that was the first okay. montage. So then montage. the intro you mentioned, then the intro, yeah. which is this like meta intro about how this is a weird everything. So the visuals of it are very much, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's game of Thrones. It's uh 300 it's it's pirates the, of the Caribbean meets pirates 300 of the Caribbean because the whole theme of this is was supposed to be in, in Tampa at uh, Raymond, whatever stadium with the, has the pirate ship. So they went full on on that. They shot this on, you know, and edited this all weeks ago. So they were saying, Hey, we're, we're keeping it. And, yeah, it's definitely pirates, but it's like got that mythic quality. But the commentary—I don't know what the qual, like what kind of voice was doing it, but it was like a meta commentary on. No, we have to go to the bidding. You can't show them at the climax of the fight. You have to go all the way back. Yeah, let's show them as heroes. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. It'd be great if it was John Lovitz doing the yeah, yeah. That's the ticket, but it was. I'm guessing it wasn't. I couldn't listen to it. I had a, a sleeping job. And then we get to the actual first match of the night. Which was nothing. I liked it. It it was nothing special, and that's not a knock on the wrestlers. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a, just a TV match, and I kind of could see this one coming as soon as it was the first match. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the Kabuki Warriors for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh, Bliss and Cross, they're kind of odd couple tag team beating uh, two of the most talented women and people uh, overall on the roster. Uh, Fifteen minutes. So I was at, at that. I was like, well, that's. That's going to be a, a lot of time for for this th- if it was going to be three hours, which it ended up being. Now you and I were clearly texting throughout Mania, and and you thought that this ended the way it should have ended. No, this match. Yeah, uh, I knew. Th- I thought this ended the way uh, the the guy who runs the company uh, would end oh, it. Okay. Yeah. I would say I know that you're not watching this product. You're watching AEW. Um, that Oscar's mm-hmm. maybe the biggest breakout star, at least for the women, be in the empty arena age. Definitely. And and I think having and also from what I've seen from just GIFs and stuff is that Kari Sane's gimmick is, is also working mm-hmm. kind of her, you know, kind of it's not actually kabuki, but yes, her kind of over the top cartoonish stuff that they use. Uh, since their English isn't as great, and they're leaning into the whole "we're gonna th- we're gonna spit green mist at your face," uh, leaning into the character, it's kind of actually reminiscent of what New Day did in the beginning, but it's, it's just not being given the same platform. Yeah, um, it's on TV every week, but they're going to be losing, and now I wouldn't be surprised if they're not on TV anymore. But who, so, well, that's, that's the thing. Like, what is TV going to be after well, TV? This also, week? we'll see if it exists. How how much they got in the can, and if WWE exists in the in live TV form. This is the so. match that made me realize that empty arena wrestling is really no different than the actual nuts and bolts of politics. This is because this is a podcast about politics as well. This what's going on right now with the pandemic, the response to that, to the pandemic is empty arena wrestling. 
there aren't rallies. Yes, there's an echo chamber on Twitter, but there's the echo chamber on Twitter for wrestling as well. What's actually mattering is now you can actually see what matters when it comes to both professional wrestling and presidential politics. I would say, I don't think it's controversial, that WWE is handling the pandemic slightly better than the current presidential administration. Yeah, that's a that's not a, a tough call. Uh, I think they're doing it surprisingly well, considering that a, a another seventy year old possible billionaire is running the company. Um, and yeah, this is this this whole thing kind of worked a lot better than I thought. And the fact that yeah, mm-hmm. they might not have live TV or tape TV programming if they didn't get it in the can, considering most places are not going to let you work and shoot a, uh, a TV show. Now, I would say that the show started with a very good note. It's, uh, mm-hmm. WrestleManias have been, uh, not historically, but the last, I don't know, eight, maybe seven, maybe six, have been very good first match. It sets the table in a nice way. Oh, we completely lost over Gronkowski. He was there, but within the first sure. hour after that. You know, you did mention, the oh, they, they can't bring in celebrities, but yes. Yeah, uh, I didn't make a joke about the Gronk was there. He's hosting it. Uh, his buddy, Mojo Rawley, real-life friend, actual WWE wrestler was there with him. Uh, so I guess it was actually like a crowd of two, if you noticed during the night. They were yeah, occasionally ringside. there. Um, so that was just just strange, them and their Zubaz. Uh, let's move suit, on. But yeah. Match two, uh, King Corbin versus Elias. Uh, this was the match that made me disappointed that I decided to... So I was working out for the first 90 minutes of this <laughs> WrestleMania, and this was the match that made me regret not working out during the last 90 minutes of WrestleMania because I knew this match was going to be on the card. In no way was I looking forward to it, but because right. I was sort of stuck doing a thing, I ended up having to watch the entire match. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, it's nine minutes. It's two heels somehow. Elias is somehow not a heel, even though he cheated. So it, it doesn't, the less said, the better. It's two guys that can be doing. Corbin, I think you, you kind of see where, you know, water finds its level. Elias had a really good gimmick for a while. They've both been kind of run to the ground. And anytime they put a crown on you and call you king, whatever, it's only a few people have been able to, to unbury themselves from that gimmick. King Booker and Stone Cold, right? Uh, when did Stone Cold do it? He won King of the Ring. Well, yeah, but not. He didn't get a king. He didn't oh, get I a, see what you're saying. I see what you're he saying. cut the most famous promo of all time, or one of the most famous after it. So yeah, moving on. Moving on. Were you surprised uh, to see this match this early? In the, Shayna I mean, Baszler versus Becky Lynch is the match that yeah. he's referring to. No, something I was not third, surprised yeah. because this is real and not real. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. And to headline an empty arena anything is not necessarily a good thing. Sure. I didn't think it would headline. I was just I was like, oh, we're getting her into it. It's like 8.30, Becky Lynch, Baszler. a match I was looking forward to for the in-ring product. I haven't been following the story too much. I story get was the great. Gist. The story was probably better than the in-ring product. In this case, I think it was because this the in-ring was nothing. They've both done much better. They gave them, uh, nine, they gave them less than the other match. Eight and a half. They finished it with the uh, uh, Piper Hart kind of from a, a sleeper hold. You you flip over and mm-hmm. you, you pin their shoulders. Uh, didn't seem like the right. You know, I just I, I this is the match I was disappointed in more so than the the tag match just because I think Baszler they made her a monster in NXT. Nobody beat her. She 
they did the Asuka thing where she just left and vac- vacated the belt so that she never put anyone over, which whatever. And then, so you take that heat of like, you go to the main roster, she comes there, they do this weird gimmick where she had a blood capsule. Now she's a vampire for some reason. Um, but then they regained, got back on track, Elimination Chamber. She was a monster. She, she first woman ever to eliminate everybody or whatever it was. Um, and so to not kind of pull the trigger on her here, I mean, I think Becky Lynch is over enough. She can be the man chasing the belt. She can get some, get back in that mode. I, just creatively, this is kind of the st- the stuff. There's a few of these decisions tonight. It's kind of why I'm not watching this. No, I loved it. I completely week. disagree. And clearly, we're leading up to four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. This is the only way to do it because the finish was not that dissimilar to the Rousey one. Sure. You, you usually build a clip package of uh, Becky Lynch taking out these uh, actual athletes. It makes sense. I, I love it. I thought it was yeah, really well If you fall, even the, I, and I think that they're trying to get to that, whether they'll actually ever be able to get all eight pieces in the, the same place and not hurt and not under a pandemic remains to be seen. Um, yeah, I just was kind of underwhelmed with the in-ring considering I've seen, we've all seen them do uh, much better. I'd matches. rather have this at however long it was than a 20 minute, like instant classic because it's a fucking empty arena. I want these like weird quick endings. Like this was probably the ending of mania last year was great because Becky won, but the way it happened was a little screwy where it seemed like it was an accidental dusty finish. And and if you're going to do it, I don't really reference anymore. Yeah. I'd rather have it like third in the the night. And it's like less than 10 minutes. And it honestly feels like a lot of what happened here tonight was them you know, let's let's just keep, let's either reset or let's just keep where we are. Let's in a holding position. It's not doesn't make sense to do uh, do anything big, which is kind of what I thought happened with the next match, Sami Zayn uh, with against Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn coming in as the champion, backed up by Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Daniel Bryan seconded by Drew Gulak. We should note that JBL was on commentary for about half the matches, and he had two of my favorite lines of the night for this match right before he said uh, don't let the facts get in the way of my arguments I love that uh, JBL is a WWE Hall of Famer is that correct uh, is he he feels it seems like he should be you know what I mean right yeah <laughs> it doesn't and, matter and it's not a real place and then it's not real sports it, yeah sure he's but he is a real regular on he Fox will be business. he's supposed to be inducted this year oh, there you go so yeah. uh, JBL's perfect for this I love JBL's on commentary because he's not necessarily he's not a good person, but more importantly, he clearly doesn't watch the product. So it's yeah. really nice to have that. Um, and the fact that he didn't get along with Morrow is of no surprise to me or anyone else. I wish they did get along because they were the perfect match of someone that cares way too fucking much and then a guy that couldn't care less. I think that's the perfect combo. Anyways. Yeah. This was my, my favorite JBL line of the night, if I can interject, is that uh, he started an anecdote uh, with, I was in Africa earlier this year, and I was very nervous. <laughs> I was as nervous as I was whenever Brock Lesnar gets a hot mic at a UFC event. Uh, it landed all right. It was about how Kofi Kingston is inspiring to the people of Africa, which is still dicey, but uh, probably true, and it wasn't as Africa's big. It's a continent. He named specific countries. Oh, okay. That's I think good. he was there on probably like illegal hunting, I'm guessing, but <laughs> I don't right, know. All right, that's moving on. All right. This was Sammy my Zane. most okay. anticipated match of the evening. It was fine. Yeah, and so this is something where I think 
this is definitely a holy position. Sami Zayn just get, put the belt on him a couple months ago, I guess. Maybe a month ago. Time is meaningless, yeah. as we've decided. Uh, Daniel Bryan's been doing this thing with Drew Gulak where he's basically just... He wants to just wrestle and have a good match at about 8.45 and then go home to his pregnant wife. And that makes sense. Uh, he shouldn't have been there anyway. Uh, so give him nine minutes. They didn't do anything special. Um, you know, this is... It's interesting because I think at some point, if and when things return to normal... You, you rerun this program or whatever and you and Dan O'Brien goes over and he's the conquering hero because if you remember the first Mania we watched live uh, as adults, WrestleMania 31 um, that's when Dan O'Brien won the Intercontinental Championship in a phenomenal ladder match mm-hmm. uh, and then two months later had to relinquish that title uh, to retire. Um, and then what two and, years later he returned to New Orleans against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? I believe so. And uh, two years he, after that it's tonight. Yes. So it's, but his original plan was to take the IC belt and kind of do what Cena ended up doing with the US title. Do a, just have the best match every night, you know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of clearly what he wants if you, you've ever, you know, seen him talk about wrestling. Um, but yeah, it didn't make sense to do it now. Like, where, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? A yes chance, a Gronk and a JBL? It just doesn't, it doesn't work. So yeah, it is it nice the idea of rerunning this whenever things are back to normal or whenever there are crowds with the five men that were represented in this. Because you're right, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulag, Cesaro, and Nakamura. Those are the five guys I want to see do the in ring stuff. And this is coming from the guy that doesn't give a shit about the in ring stuff. Those are probably the five most when they're when they care when they're given time. The most talented pound for pound guys, uh, and you can and you can run this. You know, if you're if you're booking this in a smart way, yeah, you do tag matches, you do one versus this guy, you do this guy. Anyway, they can clearly this is something there, whether or not they're able to return to it. Um, in but the it future. wasn't bad. It wasn't no, bad. Yeah. Moving on. With these, before you move on with these three, these four, four matches, these are matches that could happen any night on yeah. Raw or SmackDown, and that's I mean Raw and SmackDown are the same as. WrestleMania right now. It's a, yeah. they're all shot in the performance center. There's a giant metal fan. There's there's no fans in the crowd, and so it is kind of it's even more samey for a product that is increasingly moving uh, on to something that isn't samey. It was the yeah. tag team. Is it a tournament? I don't know. Tag, triple threat ladder match. Triple threat ladder match for the tag team belts, but it wasn't a tag oh, team match. Right. So I think this is because Miz showed up with a fever, and they were like, well. We're doing singles. Uh, that was the the dirt sheet rumor uh, coming out of the taping. So this is John Morrison uh, representing the champions against Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston. Uh, do you ever notice how Cole will just say the Uso because he doesn't know which which twin it is? I don't blame him. Yeah, they used to have the face paint. You could at least yeah uh, have a way to tell. I them. was in a band with a twin, and uh, he went to the same high school as me, but his twin went to a different high school. Which was fucked up because they were identical. So that's yeah, that's, I, I, that's right. That's basically if one of the Usos went to AW. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, uh, this was weird and good, but also the I'd say the weirdest, not counting the last okay. match of the night. So I'm guessing we're actually in agreement on this. It's very strange to have an eight. We've talked about this before. To have a, this was match was 18:30. It was the longest match of the night. It's very strange to watch three men seriously injured themselves for no audience and for uh, a fake sport uh, when this match didn't need to happen or it could have been without a ladder. There was no reason to have a ladder match when these guys are doing these 
these ridiculous moves and, and smashing their bodies with ladders for no reason. Yeah, there's no way to like safely rig up ladders to make it soft. It's just not. Yeah, and that's the thing. People think, I mean, that's the that's the classic, like, oh, in wrestling they use a fake this and that. Yeah, like, they the tables give away and there's crash pads sometimes. But no, like, a ladder is, those are ladders from Home Depot. that They, they definitely break. You can see guys getting, you know, cut up on them when, the, when they, like, split. Well, they don't, metal doesn't splinter, but you know what I mean. So this had the most spots. This had the most risk. This also kind of had a fuck finish. Yeah, so it was basically three men on ladders. Uh, you're, they're all jostling for the belts. Uh, Kofi and the Uso push off Morrison. They team up, push Morrison down. He falls, takes a, his back straight to the ladder, but he was also holding the belts, which, once again, the ASMR, you could help hear like the crappy Velcro they use, just un, unlatching. Uh because the belts are basically what they put on action figures, and uh, and he maintains the belts once again. So you could do on SmackDown without a ladder, some kind of fuck finish that Morrison and Miz keep the belts, um, you know, so the, and keep keep fighting with the Usos and the New Day. But it wasn't bad. But yeah, a lot. Nothing no, was bad thus know. far. And yeah, there was actually one point where Morrison did something I'd never seen. Like, he does that kind of corkscrewy mm-hmm. uh, move, but he did it. He did not have his balance. He had to go off one foot, but he, he also had to do it. Usually he has from the top of the turnbuckle to the ring to make all those revolutions. This he had about halfway where he'd have to hit his head and neck on a guy and a ladder. Very impressive. Uh, although I think that's where Michael Cole referenced parkour. That's correct. The first time. And then they added like parkour, the, you know, the art of this and that they had to add VO, which actually that's, I was able to block out a lot of the commentary. I was also watching other stuff and uh, that, that was the, those bizarre kind of ADR where they added uh, additional things really made it feel like a video game, even more so than like the not having fans and the kind of white noise of it all. The next match was my favorite match of the night, probably going to be my favorite match of Mania. It was Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins uh, fighting over something. So I hadn't, I, had, I don't watch the product as we've discussed. I watched the package um, leading up to it. Obviously, the Seth Rollins Monday Night Messiah thing is his version of CM Punk Strange Society, of course. Like, and so it's it's him doing that version of it. He's great as a smarmy heel. That's always been his best role when he was a face. I mean, this heel turn came pretty organically because as a face, he's he's annoying and it just doesn't work. And so having him be the self proclaimed Messiah, he came out tonight in like a, you know. If if Ric Flair could go to church, that was the robe he had on. And if Ric Flair could go to church, yeah, he's not allowed. And um, Kevin Owens has been the voice of the fan, you know, saying you're an asshole, you're a prick. And so one man is doing CM Punk circa 2010, and one man is yeah, doing CM Punk circa 2011. Yeah. So my thing is, did not listen, was not able to listen to this match with the sound. So. There was a weird, there's like, it, how did Seth Rollins de- get DQ'd and then they restarted it? And then what it's, fill me in. Fill oh, okay. So Seth Seth hits, uh, Seth brains Kevin Owens with the ring bell. And I think it okay. actually, I didn't see Owens' hands get up. So I think it connected okay. on accident. Um, yeah. And because KO is the best in the business on mic right now. He took his mic and said, uh, let's like stop being a bitch. 
because bitch mm-hmm. is like the new word in WWE. Uh, oh, they love it. Let's DQ, like no DQ match. Let's do it now. And so it's Ring like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it live. There yes. we go. Uh, they did not do it live. They did it the tape. But <laughs> um, And then Seth Rollins got his heat in and made Owens look like made him look like a bitch in the parlance of the WWE. But then Kevin Owens uh, hulked up, climbed the set. No, no, no. Before uh, that, before okay. that, before he climbs the set, he also yeah. hits Seth Rollins in the head twice with a ring bell. Nice. Okay. So I missed some of these, these uh, gratuitous ring bell shots. The, but the, the reason why gr- I'm bringing up the yeah. ring bell thing, it, it, because Kevin Owens is my favorite current WWE wrestler. Cause he's telling the story, right? He got hit by the ring bell in the head, and he's like, that's a bitch move. So he does it twice because fuck you. It's no different than my favorite WrestleMania match before this in the last five years was Kevin Owens Jericho opening up WrestleMania mm-hmm. and doing like a shitload of callbacks. Like that's my favorite right. wrestling. It's just Kevin Owens calling people <laughs> a bitch. And then doing the thing that he was called a bitch for, and vice yes, versa. Yes, not enough callbacks for me. Not as I think that Jericho match. I know Vince didn't like it, but I, I feel they they brought in that. This this then culminates in, like I said, jumping off and basically just doing a just jumping twenty feet and landing ass first on the table. He doesn't land on Seth because that would kill him. Um, but he also like. It doesn't even. It has that like weird internal logic. Like it's supposed to hurt Seth a lot because he jumped, but since he didn't land on him, he broke his tailbone probably, and the and Seth rolled off the table basically. It looked amazing. Uh, it looked good. Uh, their big thing WWE is WrestleMania moments. They liked stuff to show. It's not even because of gifs. It's because they like things to show in montages, and it's in the this idea of all these moments that Vince. They'll play in Vince's head before he dies, and it's it's Hogan <laughs> body slamming. That's the WrestleMania moments are what you see before you die. <laughs> it's not the moments of your own life. <laughs> so hopefully, oh, you shit. know, one day you'll get to see uh. Kevin Owens one one more time. You'll get to, in your mind's eye. You'll get to see Kevin Owens uh, break That's his fun. ass. Try to take out Seth. I love this match. I thought this was the best uh, use of an empty arena match. Um, They clearly could have done this in an arena, but Mm -hmm. being able to hear Kevin Owens the entire time was great. Uh, It just reminded me of like, oh, yeah, that's why you like this guy. He's fucking great. So I didn't miss it since I didn't have the sound on. There is one thing, and I noticed it during the Sami Zayn match. So the the kind of fun thing is with the empty arena matches and the way everything's mic'd up, you want to be mic'd up in a such a way that you can hear the guys both making the fake punch noises, like their kids fighting on the playground, but also the, the shit talking. Oh, but yeah, you, you don't can want hear to hear the, the entire time. calling. Yeah. So you try to, like, it's a very fine line, but there is, like, an anecdote about, uh, I don't know if they were together. It might have been Generica. It might not have been Sami Zayn. But Kevin Owens, when he was in the Indies, he ran into Stone Cold in the airport, his favorite wrestler introduced himself and just asked for some advice and stone cold just said always keep talking like Mm -hmm. in your matches like on the way of the ring just always be running your mouth like it's part of your character it's how everyone gets to know what your what your logic is and all that and zane is very good at it he did i noticed there was like a small moment in their match where he kept taking powders Mm -hmm. and he asked the ref he's like how long is it is it a 10 count uh and he just he's just a shithead and it's great and owens does that too it's you know, and so you can see this. They kind of have that, that in common. It was great. 
I, I yeah. really, really, really enjoyed this match. And yes. I don't think a crowd would have really added anything. That's if true. anything, it would have, probably would have stretched it out. So I like the economy of scale. I like this. Yes. So this next match, Braun Strowman versus Goldberg for the WWE Universal Championship, um, this match was originally supposed to be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns in the Battle of the Spears. Mm-hmm. And it did not happen because Roman Reigns said, I'm recovering from, as we spoke last time, he is recovering from leukemia. Allegedly. He, allegedly. That's your words. And he didn't want to uh, do this, which makes sense. Uh, on some conference call, I had seen something where Triple H had said, don't worry, we're going to find a creative way to write around the fact that Roman Reigns is not going to be in this match. Um, so apparently on Friday Night SmackDown, they had a title card that just had Braun Strowman and Goldberg. They did not comment on nope. it. They just moved nope. along. Yep. So that actually is the most creative thing to do is just uh, reality is a construct and wrestling is a fake. So Braun Strowman for Goldberg, as as we all know, this is the match they've been building up for months. Um, this this was, I thought, the as far as, whereas I've said, all the other matches are pretty much, you could do this any night. A lot of these feuds could continue. This is the only one where it's a status quo change, and it's they just had to make the call because you don't know where the company's going to be, but you got to just you got to yeah. finally do this. So Braun Strowman beat Goldberg in two minutes and ten seconds. Um, Goldberg perfect. did a bunch of spears. Braun Strowman did a bunch of power slams. Let's go home. I mean that, that was perfect. And this way you got Braun finally got the belt. Is it two? Is it two and a half years ago when he was? Um, Flipping over ambulances that had his had Roman Reigns in them. Something like uh, no. that. When he murdered a man, and he screamed, "I'm not finished with you!" And then flipped, and then he, my that that whole segment. If you want to, if listeners who haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, I've shown it to our, our mutual friend a few months ago, and it holds up. It's the the gratuitous cartoonish nature of it is so amazing because it he beats up Roman Reigns until he needs a stretcher, and then when they're stretching him out. He pushes the stretcher off a loading dock, and then they come back to commercial. They're putting the stretcher. It was like Homer when he falls out of the, the ambulance and falls down the mountain. It's like that. It's and then they get the stretcher in the ambulance, so he flips the ambulance. It's like a perfect. <laughs> it's three acts. It's got rising tension. It's amazing. Braun Strowman's finally champion. And uh, last get, year get, he get, was busy yeah. flipping over cars that the cast of SNL gave him because Michael Che. And Scarlett Johansson husband were part of the battle royale for some reason, and that's why well, he that was happened. doing that. He was doing that because they made a toy where he he breaks a car. That's right. Finally, toy. your favorite oh, match of the year, the decade, the millennial. Oh, it's it's up there. It's a, this was perfect. This <laughs> was fucking perfect. hate. I can't imagine. I clearly I fucking hate. I can't imagine not liking this. I hated so. this match <laughs> so much. Okay, so. We got to set this up. So this is the Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match, as we discussed it's not a previously. Fucking not a it's thing. a graveyard match because, but you can't say graves when there are mass graves right now due to the coronavirus pandemic that you can see from space. So you probably shouldn't call it a graveyard match. And I appreciate usually the Vince McMahon kind of uh, brainworm double speak is weird took them to a local medical facility because you can't say hospital. You know, <laughs> WrestleManias don't have numbers anymore because that makes you think of years and, and age. But like a boneyard match, the fact that you shouldn't say graveyard, that's like being PC, but like, yeah, that makes sense. So Also, you get to just say took them to the boneyard. You get to say <laughs> you got boned. It's very, it really lends itself 
to the homoerotic sport of kings mm. and the object of a boneyard match as you'll as you know from all the boneyard matches they've had <laughs> is to the history of boneyard matches yes is to bury uh, your opponent alive uh <gasps> i mean actually that's not to be alive you do, that's actually not in the rules you just <sighs> bury him he can be dead it would make it easier uh as we saw in this match uh, so so for is, all the, okay. the for all the opponents that the Undertaker has defeated, yes, that are currently deceased, he uh-huh. could in theory dig them up, rebury mm. them. That's a victory for the Undertaker. Ding! You just put one on the board. Okay, yeah, good. King Mabel. Ding! Yeah, Big Boss Man. Ding! Yeah, you just kind of run is up. Is Giant the Gonzalez alive? I don't think so. Right? No. Okay. He's in a he's in a big grave somewhere. <laughs> um, got in twenty ten. Um, okay, so the thing with this match is, as we know, there's a match tonight, there's going to be a match tomorrow night that they've shot off location. They shot it single ca- they, uh, single camera style, you know, edited together, kind of film quality, video quality, like film, like not the Oscars, <laughs> but like like you would watch a movie. So they've never, they've done this very rarely. They've yeah. done matches, um, they've done like the, We've talked about it at the backyard brawl match, but that wasn't really shot in this way. Although it had like video inserts, they did the stuff with the Wyatts where the Wyatts were ripping off uh, Broken Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. They did that one th- time where the Wyatts faced the New Day, and they kind of shot like this. They did the Wyatts versus Randy Orton when they when they burnt the house down. So they've done it very few times, and it usually invi- involves Bray Wyatt. This invo- involves the Undertaker. Uh, the feud is basically because AJ Styles is uh, shooting and he's calling out. Mark's wife, Michelle. Um, what if this feud was actually about Michelle McCool using the the Styles Clash as a finisher? That I hate both of these men. I hoped that they would be dead years ago, but clearly this is no, not my this is, world. So I uh, I also don't, even though The Undertaker is historically my favorite wrestler, he's a bad person, clearly. <laughs> you like uh, bad people that do bad things. Yes, yes, that's been brought up many times. So um, this match they shot in this cinematic style <laughs> It so it stupid. starts. I I don't want to do a beat by beat, but just I'm gonna like broad strokes. I didn't take notes because I was so enthralled. <laughs> um, it starts with a hearse, and then playing like your funereal themes, and then out of the casket, AJ Styles pops out, and they start playing this theme song, which <laughs> is great. And you're off to the races because you're like, how are you gonna beat this? Is AJ Styles just like came out of a uh, a coffin? He's wearing his mom jeans. He's ready to fight. It's great. Here's why um, this. Okay, here's okay, the right. problem with this. This has already been done. This has not been done. This, this okay. type of thing has been done the, by Lucha Underground. No, by no, 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 no. Taker Punk Twenty Nine. That's a way, way, way better mocking of the dead man. Yeah, because you had the real. Listen, your manager doesn't die all the time. There you go. You they know, mocked that, him. They did. They mocked his actual friend. That's yeah. They great. mocked. They mocked his dead friend as his dead friend would want. Like that's the wrestler. Like, please use me in a feud for heat. Like that's <laughs> definitely the wrestler's dying wish right before they enter the boneyard. <laughs> <laughs> so, Undertaker <laughs> is back as the American Badass, uh, but he has but like Metallica song. Exactly. Now. Here, here, really quick. I don't know if you've noticed this. 17 minutes ago, Stephanie McMahon tweeted, "Congratulations to everyone involved in WrestleMania Night One, especially at sign Undertaker." <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm not done. At sign AJ Styles org. At sign Lou Gallows WWE. At sign Carol Anderson WWE. At sign Triple H. 
at sign Metallica, and the entire crew involved in the hashtag Boneyard match. It was incredible. Hashtag innovation, hashtag reimagine, hashtag passion. I can't wait for part two. Hashtag. Uh, That's great. She's a leader. Uh, She's our (laughs) own Ivanka Trump. Um, So the broad strokes of this match is that Undertaker is back in his American badass. I'm not the dead man. I'm just Mark Calloway, a wannabe biker uh, with like a balding but a ponytail and bandanas. And I'm going to fight you, boy. And so Undertaker's... Yeah, I texted you this. Undertaker says boy and son way too much for me to be Which is much better than the other words he uses, I'm sure, all the time. (laughs) Uh, So Undertaker's regular voice, though, is so not intimidating. It just sounds like just like a shithead at Walmart. It doesn't sound – so it's always funny that this is like (sighs) – you know, the, the this is the dead man with the magical powers, which they mix. I mean, he still ends up doing that in the match. This thing really did remind me. I know you didn't watch it, but it reminded me of Lucha Underground. Oh, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I've seen a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they it's it's a B movie. Just shoot it like a B movie. You're it's a guy who's taunting uh, Jet Jason or Freddy. And like, you know, this is what you're doing. So, it, of course, it's got run ins and uh, Gallows and Anderson are there. Uh, at one point, he has to fight the druids, and they do the basically like uh, they do the like, Undertaker has to fight the fake druids. Yeah, and Undertaker gets like the John Wick Captain America line of like, "Are we going to do this?" And he starts fighting. They they actually speaking of callbacks, him busting his hand and his arm getting bloody in the window is a call. Do you know what that's callback to? Uh, no. Uh, Goldberg versus Brett. Um, Goldberg punched through a window and like like. Almost hit an artery. Oh uh, yeah, in the WCW days. Um, so yeah, all of a sudden there's worked there's worked blood. Um, yeah, and it culminates, you know, and they're both shit talking and calling each other bitch, as we said. But it's just a B movie, and it just Undertaker gives them the finger. Yeah, because and then they go through a, a barricade of some sort, and then he's like wheezing, and then you think, okay, this is the, you know, this is the fake finish of the, they're gonna get. They're, they're going to kill the good guy here. I guess he's oh, the, the baby face in this. But he's wheezing, very realistic for a 50-something-year-old man who's been arrested for 30 years. Um, and then he uh, he's in the grave, but before AJ can bury him, uh, he uses his magical teleportation powers and gets his comeuppance on him. Then it goes on for too long. Like, it should have just ended right there. Like, he should have just choke-slammed him off the John Deere into the grave. But he kind of taunts him. They do the classic, like, they do the Batman returns. Like, I'm not going to push you out the window. And then I turn and push you out the window. Um, and then he rides off into the sunset while well, the sun had set. Uh, <laughs> he, he rides off rides and off his logo park. appears. Oh, yeah. They they lit the logo up on the. Oh, man. Everything about this was great. Fuck Taker. Uh, I know this is not, Fuck you. Yeah, You're course. wrong. <laughs> this was amazing. And it's the exactly what they should have been doing for Undertaker matches. Since about. I know you like the punk match, but I, I think the, the last. That that was the wrong guy won in that, but mm-hmm. what they should have done, and they should have just let him, Triple H and Michaels walk off in the sunset after that that Hell in a Cell, that should have been the end of his in ring career. Unless you were doing stuff like this, this is what we talked about, and I think this is interesting as far as what does wrestling look like later. This is kind of what we're all seeing in our daily lives is like what when we all you know when work resumes. Mm-hmm. It, it, people aren't going to be like, oh, you can't work from home. It's like, well, we just proved it for three to 12 months. You can work from home, however long this likes. Last. So 
in when they go back, are they going to be like, hey, why don't that was the most the boneyard was the most uh, you know well received thing we did in two nights of WrestleMania? I'm sure it's going to be. Do you think it'll be the most um, well received? Yes, because it's going to be the only thing that's different. Um, we'll see what the Cena Fiend thing is, but I I'm think now super, that, super looking yeah, forward to that. That's going to have to top this. Uh, I think the the Undertaker. It's a lot of residual goodwill. I think. I think this is the thing. I was actually. I was thinking of it during the match. I was curious what they would do with it because they're trying to sell this. This is the the only time this has happened. A two night event where mm-hmm. they're selling it as a pay per view, even though you can get it for free on the network. Um, so what do you you know? What gets them their headline? I mean, th- this could be on this match, not but like this could be on like not on Vulture. Like, there's no websites anymore, right? But like, it's not going to be on ESPN because it's like the fakest of fake matches. But they got to do something to get more sales tomorrow. So you ended with this. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to like ret- actually retire the Undertaker, and then you get that would actually that could get an ESPN headline. What is what else is ESPN running? You know, darts. Yeah. Like, yeah, the fake fighter is fake dead. You, that's your headline. So I was curious what they were going to do with this. I think this is exactly what they keep trotting him out there and keeps like doing what Ric Flair did in TNA and just like the legacy of what the character was is just like worse and worse. And it's, he's more and more exposed and we know more and more about Mark Calloway, the not good person. And just like, if he just did stuff like this, it's actually entertaining because it's a B movie. It's not supposed to be high art. Wrestling is not high art. It's the highest low art, and I thought this. I thought that really, it really worked. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was just as like tacky and and like kind of underproduced and over. That so overall, been. success for you. The card or that match? Everything. Night one of WrestleMania thirty six. Um. Overall, I thought it was a fine episode of SmackDown, and then the end was actually something interesting. No, I think it was better than the most recent like four WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's. I'd have to go back. I had the most of the WrestleManias. They're so they're so you know, fucking long. They're so Just long. By and having it they, three hours over two nights makes it so much more digestible. Yeah, and you know we didn't talk about the as we wait for day two, and and you know hopefully some of what was discussed on this call will come out. Um, but big day for Vince McMahon. Not only is he running one, you know, the only sports entertainment event of the weekend. Mm-hmm. They rarely have. You know this all to themselves. Uh, it's usually start of baseball season. It's you know, and it's one night and it's niche. Um, he was also, you know, the the something we talked about in a lot of our book, the Donalds, how Trump turned politics into presidential politics into pro wrestling. Is that it's the the need for validation and legitimacy that drives both Vince McMahon and Donald Trump. Yeah, and he had and, a new call today with the uh, it was Trump and. Uh, the heads of the NBA, WNBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, PGA, UFC, NASCAR, MLS, and Vince McMahon because the one thing in common with the WNBA, NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, PGA, UFC, NASCAR, and MLS is they're all sports and they're all entertainment. 